podcast where we optimize your human performance for my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-school junkie. Hey guys, this podcast comes to you again from Frisco, Colorado. I'm going to go ahead and give our viewers a little view of the outside world right there. And I'm in the Whole Foods parking lot. Thank you, Whole Foods, for having awesome internet, although I'm not able to connect to it from the van location right now. So if you could enhance that just a little bit. (laughs) Usually, most times I can actually park pretty much anywhere in the parking lot and get connected via my laptop in the old van here, which makes it great for interviewing people on podcasts. Today, I just had to use my cell phone hotspot in order to get everything connected up. So today, I'm going to do a podcast on the Ultimate Home Gym Part 2 or 2.0. I did this podcast way back, I believe it was allaroundjoe.com slash 76, somewhere around there, 76 or 78, where I did the Ultimate Home Gym, the first edition. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a complete revamp where I've gone through and set up or adjusted and gone over the whole blog post as it relates to this. So if you are looking to add anything to your home gym, I would really appreciate it if you would go and take a look at this list that I have here at allaroundjoe.com slash 238. That's allaroundjoe.com slash 238, which is going to point you to the old blog post. So we'll say the Ultimate Home Gym and I added 2.0 because it's been updated and it'll have the list there. So if you click through any of those links that I have, most of them are set up as an affiliate link. So it means that I get some sort of an affiliate commission if you click through the link. You actually pay the exact same amount no matter what, even if you have a code or whatever it may be. But if you got the information or you think that it was helpful, this podcast at all, or any of the podcasts that I've done, it is incredibly beneficial for me for you to have done that. And I believe that it's a pretty darn good combination or list of things that can go into the ultimate home gym. Since I've been building my own home gym and have had a van gym, I have some new opinions on what things you should be buying first, foremost, and some options for you depending on what your space is like. So in just a second, we're going to get into that. But first, this podcast is brought to you by the Get Better Project, which is my online at home or in a van training program where you get daily workouts, levels one through five, level one being completely body weight, newbie, beginner, level two being still body weight, but actually pretty damn hard, level three being dumbbell kettlebell workout, which is the ones that Emily and I do in the van or outside of the van, not usually in the van, although we have done workouts in the van before almost every single day. Then we have level four, which is more of a performance, full gym or full home gym with barbell type of setup. And then we have level five, which is a competitive style of program. So if you'd like to do some some of your local competitions, it has you know a strength component. It has a cardiovascular component. It has the CrossFit slash high intensity component that you would need to get yourself into really good shape for those type of competitions. The program is ideal for somebody that wants to get themselves in shape with minimal equipment. That's who we're targeting here. So if that's you, not necessarily living in a van, but if you'd like to work out in your garage gym and you'd like to have daily programming for that, if you'd like to just work out with a couple of kettlebells or a couple of dumbbells, that's who we're targeting here. We don't think you need a lot of equipment, and that's what this program is. We literally have two dumbbells for Emily, two dumbbells for me, 
and then we ha- each have a kettlebell. And we hardly ever use the kettlebell. So for the person that's just getting started, I recommend just getting two dumbbells for yourself and then a set of bands. So just those bungee bands, which are very beneficial and only 21 bucks. So like for the whole kit of stuff that you need is probably going to be under 100 bucks. And then the Get Better Project program is $39 a month. And that gets you not only the daily program, but it also gets you to hire me as your coach. You can ask me any questions. We can set up a nutrition uh, template for you so that you can know exactly how you should be eating proteins, fats, carbs, and calories and all that fun stuff. Enough being said about this. Let's get into the ultimate home gym. If you want to sign up for the Get Better Project, go to thegetbetterproject.com slash getbetter and sign up today. If you have any questions for me about the program, let me know. I'm happy to answer them. We're growing, we're having fun, and we're going to start our March daily challenge inside the Get Better Project here coming up very soon in March. Okay, guys, so the Ultimate Home Gym 2.0, the first thing that we're going to talk about is racks. And you'll notice here that a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about today is coming from Rogue Fitness. And that is because I believe that Rogue Fitness has the best workout gear out there, bar none, period. There might be some others that come close, but you can be confident when you buy from Rogue that you're going to get good stuff. And if it fails, they're going to replace it quickly. I've had this experience with Rogue several times, not having to have stuff replaced several times, but it does happen from time to time. You know, just sometimes things happen. But having them give a very high quality products that is much higher above standard than the other companies. I'm at the point right now where I will pay more for Rogue all the time before I will go with other companies. And I will tell you on this list of things for the Ultimate Home Gym what I or where I will buy them elsewhere versus Rogue. But you'll notice that a lot of them are coming from Rogue. So the first thing are the racks. You know, what kind of rack do you want? And my opinion has changed on this since the last time I recorded this podcast. At first, I was going for more of the smaller racks, but I have decided that if I have enough space for a full rig or a or what they call a power rack, I'm going to go with that. And I'm going to make sure that it is drilled into the floor and or the wall that you are using because I have gone to far too many competitions, far too many home gyms, far too many regular gyms that don't have it drilled in effectively. And the whole thing moves and it definitely affects or causes a decreased experience when you are using that particular apparatus. Now, I understand I'm going to go into some other options for you here that you may not have the amount of space for that. But if you do, that is what I would recommend. I would recommend getting a you know a full rig setup depending on what your space is like. I highly recommend you get some of the Spiel bars named after Chris Spieler. Those are going to be the grippiest and best for doing not only pull-ups, and doing squats and squat rack, but you can do muscle-ups most effectively on those particular bars. So getting yourself some spiel bars or at least one spiel bar to have a muscle-up slash pull-up station, you will thank me later. Okay, so like I said, rigor or power rack first. Then you can go with a fold-back power rack. So this is one of those racks that you would get if you have a car that you're parking in your garage. You need to fold the rack back against the wall so it gets out of the way when you're done using it. I'm not sure. I've not, I've used these, but and they're very stable. I like them. The problem tends to be that they are too close to the wall, so you can usually still do muscle ups and 
and pull-ups and things like that on them, but you feel like, or if you're a tall person, you may actually hit the wall with your feet or kick the wall. So it's not ideal, but I can understand if you have the particular situation, this can be a cost-effective way of getting a squat rack and pull-up bar into your garage. So that would be a next choice. Then you have the squat stands. Now, I have personal experience with, with, with these because we actually got one of these Rogue S3 squat stands that we brought with us in the van, and we haul around from campground to campground where we would put it up and take it down if we're going to be at the campground for more than a handful of days. It ended up being a big, huge pain in the butt and we sold it. But before that, I got enough use of on it to know that I would not necessarily buy one again unless, well, let me step back. I wouldn't buy one as my main source of pull-ups or it, it, it worked pretty good for squats, but not so good for pull-ups. Okay. So my main rack source what I would have, though, if, if it was a, an extra rack that you could get and you could haul inside and outside as the sun permitted or your space permitted to do workouts outside in the sun because that is one of the coolest experiences that I've ever had is being able to work out outside when it's nice weather out, especially if you have some bros who can come over, do some heavy squats or bench or whatever with them outside. And if you get to do met count outside, which is much easier, usually because you can take dumbbells or barbell or whatever outside then it is a great experience. So that's when I would go with one of these S3 squat stands. I did also notice that I didn't need quite as tall a one as I thought. So go with something that you're going to measure out how far you would need it off of the ground and go with the shortest possible one that you would need because you don't necessarily need something that's incredibly tall in order to have it be effective. You just need it to be able to hang from it without your feet touching the ground when you're doing pull-ups and things like that. And like I said, you're probably not going to be doing too many butterfly or kipping pull-ups on a rack like this because it moves unless you have it weighted or drilled down. So you'd probably be using it mostly for squatting and or strict movement patterns. I'm not sure why they just don't make the footprint larger so it would handle the kipping a little bit better because you feel unsafe when you're doing it. But anyway, there's the racks. The next thing that I'm going to talk about today is that you should consider and potentially the first thing that you would buy for your home gym the dumbbell kettlebells. The first thing I would buy for any particular home gym or to have in my car or my office or whatever would be a set of dumbbells. And if I had the opportunity or the space, I would probably get two sets of dumbbells or three sets of dumbbells. And for me, the ideal sets would be, just for me personally, you're going to be a little bit different, would be to have a set, a pair of 35s, a pair of 50s, and a pair of 70s. Those would get me through just about any workout or sub me through any workout that I would possibly need. And I could use them also for a ton of different strength things. I do find that with the 250s, which is all I have right now, I do we do have Emily's 35s, which I rarely do use. The 50s are about my sweet spot because I can use them for certain strength movements and a lot of different Metcons. But if I had some 70s and I could do way more strength movements, I could do heavier Metcons. And the 35s are there still there to kind of supplement for things that you might do like bodybuilding, accessory work, or, or something like that. Things that are a little bit harder or higher rep that you want to do lower weight. Like think about a 75 pound barbell thruster or snatch or something like that that was programmed, you might use the 35 pound dumbbell instead of the 50 in order to do that. Or what you would do is something like try and utilize the 50 pound, 150 pound dumbbell in exchange for the 75 pound barbell. So getting into a little bit deep there, we're talking about the ultimate home gym, but I would buy the dumbbells first. Dumbbells are, are one of the few things that I would not necessarily only buy at Rogue, although I would buy the Rogue dumbbells. I've found that you can get some dumbbells, some hex 
rubber dumbbells. That's what you're going to be looking for. Always hex rubber dumbbells. Don't get the metal dumbbells unless somebody's giving it to you or it's like a steel. You're just going to use them for you know slow movements. I don't like using those for anything. It's going to be more dynamic because they can definitely break. So get the hex rubber dumbbells. And we've been buying ours on the Amazon brand actually, which unfortunately only goes up to 50 the last time that I checked. So you can't get the 70s or higher on there, but they have the free prime shipping which is great because on Rogue, usually you're going to have to pay for the shipping, which can be just as much as the actual dumbbells themselves. So if you can get some free overnight or two-day shipping, that's fantastic. So I would look at going with the Amazon brand if you don't want or if you aren't packaging some Rogue dumbbells with some other stuff that's going to eliminate the shipping costs. There's also the CAP brand, which is cool. Those are sold on Amazon as well. I think they're a little bit more expensive. We've had our Amazon, I believe the Amazon basic dumbbells for I think over a year now and we've pretty much abused them and they are still in great shape, haven't bent, haven't you know, torn the rubber off or anything. So I would recommend those. Next up, the kettlebells. Kettlebells are kind of a tricky thing where if you're really into the kettlebell swing in and of itself and that's what you're into, then I would go ahead and get some kettlebells. But you can do a lot of the same movement patterns with a dumbbell that you can with a kettlebell. I wouldn't do an actual swing necessarily where I was trying to mimic having the bell with the dumbbell by like holding it with two hands uh, in the middle of the knurling there or on one end of the kettle- the head of the kettlebell. Well, you could... It's possible, um, but you can like you can sub things really effectively, and you don't always have to do a strict kettlebell swing in order to get what you want. So, like if you're trying to do a seventy pound kettlebell swing, you could do a two handed fifty pound Russian swing with two dumbbells, right? And it's going to give you a very similar movement pattern. Or you go down and do two dumbbell thirty five pounds, two thirty five pound dumbbells in exchange for a 70 pound dumbbell swing. And it's actually, in my opinion, going to be, well, it's going to be harder because you have two apparatuses that are two foreign weights you're going to be using. And then you don't have to have the kettlebell. So the, I find that we find that in the van, even though we have kettlebells, we rarely ever even take those guys out because we're using the dumbbells instead and the dumbbells are just easier to use. And a lot of times more versatile, more effective. You're not going to want to do any kind of presses necessarily with the kettlebells. It's just really uncomfortable. So why would you do it? But still, that being said, we have rogue kettlebells and I would go with the rogue kettlebells over the other kettlebells that are available. And I've used all different kinds of kettlebells in gyms and the rogue ones do tend to hold up the best and they don't have those rubber things in the bottom that tend to fall off from time to time and whatnot. If you're continuing to build out your gym, you're probably going to want a barbell. We carried barbells in our van for a long time until we decided to just go with the, the dumbbell kettlebell only setup. And barbells are great. I ha- personally have a Rogue a Rogue Bar 2.0, and I recommend that highly. Either that or the Ohio Bar, if you're looking for a men's bar, is a great bar to get. Those are going to be about $265 to $285 um, for one of those things, but I'd recommend getting one of those. You, I have had success with other barbell brands, but you just know that the Rogue brand's going to be good. So I'd go with the Rogue 2.0 bar or the Bella bar, which is the female version. 2.0, it's going to be about $275. And you get these in different colors. They're great. You're going to want to get a barbell cleaning kit to keep these up to snuff if you're going to have it in a damp or cold environment like we do, just to make sure that it's continuing to spin well. But this is a great barbell for pretty much your whole life. You're not going to need to buy another one unless you want something that's fancier for like Olympic lifting. It's going to spin a little bit crazier uh, as you get better at those types of things, but it's not necessarily needed. I would probably say that there are people that have these rogue bars and they're just, it's going to be the only barbell that they ever need. 
Next up, if you're going to have a barbell, you're going to need bumper weights. Now, my opinion on this has changed slightly as well. So the first choice used to be the high temp bumper bumper place. But if I can afford something more, I would definitely not go with the high temp bumper place. My number one choice for bumper plates in an ultimate home gym would be to get the colored training plates. We have these for the van. The reason we bought them is because they are very durable, but they're also very narrow. So this is good if you're a strong person, you want to put on extra weights or want extra weights to fit onto your barbells and or you want a sm- you have a smaller storage area so you don't just want to take up more weight. They also have a nice bounce to them meaning that they're kind of in between just thudding and they bounce they can bounce a little bit not as much as the high temps. The thing that I don't like about the high temps is they tend to be different widths that you don't you know if you bought a bunch of them you might get different widths literally on each of the 45 especially the 45 pound plates i I haven't seen them so much on the 25s but for the 45 pounds you'll get some that are like super fat some that are a little bit narrow and look more like 35s they're all usually within a couple of pounds of each other which is normal for um, bumper weights but they are probably my the one that i would buy the least often then i would go with the hg 2.0 plates these are and also a rubber plate, but they're the harder looking rubber that you would see. These tend to always be the same size, which I really like. They're a little bit wider than the training plates. So if you're going to be filling out a full gym or you don't need to have a tight space for storage, then go with those. Those are nice plates. We have some of those as well that we have as kind of like our backups that we didn't bring in the van because they were wider. They took up more space. We didn't want to take up that much space, but they're great option a little bit cheaper than the training plates then you're all going to need change plates which is just like the fives and tens and two and a halves that you're going to have i try and avoid going with the big 10 pound plates uh it is nice to have them from time to time if you're a female doing a workout that is going to need 55 pounds which i guess does happen from time to time they're just not good for dropping on their own so you're going to be doing like a 55 pound like snatch or maybe cleaning jerk workout that's like from the crossfit open and you're going to be going touch and go but you're not going to be dropping those things because it'll break the collars on them for some reason they're just because of the width they're so narrow they tend to break easier collars the only collar that I would ever buy, again, at this particular point, are the Oso or OSO collars. These are so much better than the other collars that I would never buy any of the plastic collars or the metal collars. Again, just pay the extra money and get fewer of the Oso collars. They're just simply the best. Even if I if I know that I'm going to have a workout that I need to have my barbell to be really tight, I will bring those collars with me. With me, even though we don't have barbells in the van, we actually have the collars in case we go to a workout, uh, a gym, and they have really crappy collars, and you're dropping the, a barbell a lot, and the weights are moving. You have to re kind of cinch them in. You don't want to have to deal with that. So get the Oso collars, clamp them down. You get all fun different kinds of colors, and. I've only ever, even in gym use, meaning there's a lot of people using them, had one of these collars break and it broke because it bent. So, and it bent because somebody dropped the weight, a uh, barbell with a bumper weight on the collar and that bent it. So as long as you can avoid doing that, they're probably going to last you for a really long time. Wall balls. I love wall balls and think that they're, they don't take up a lot of space. You can I love wall ball workouts because they're hard. You can do a whole bunch of different things with them. You can do like do clean workouts, which are actually much more effective than people think with 
just a wall ball. I would always buy a rogue, only a rogue or Dynamax wall ball, and I'm guessing that Dynamax actually makes the rogue wall balls. This is because if you get a different style of wall ball, I found there's an inconsistency and in bounce from them, and you do not want that, especially if you're working really hard. Imagine that you're throwing a, a heavy wall ball up against the wall. Number one, if it's inconsistent in your hand, it's going to be harder to throw it accurately. Number two, if it hits the wall and bounces in a weird way back to you and you're really tired, it could hit you in the face. It could just make it, excuse me, a much harder workout for you than it has to be because you're putting a certain amount of force into it. And you're expecting a certain amount of force back in a, in a predictable manner. So go with a Rogue or Dynamax wall balls. I'd recommend for the ultimate home gym, getting a 14, 20, and 30 pound wall ball. Um, the female are obviously going to use the 14, 20, and the men are going to use the 20 and the 30. I don't see a reason for, for a man that has been doing it for a while to get a 14-pound wall ball, except for maybe in warm-ups. I haven't really touched a 14-pound wall ball in, I don't think I ever have used one in a workout. So, you know, obviously, if you're building yourself up, that's not necessarily going to be the case. So get whatever you think is going to be best for you. Rings. Definitely get wood rings. They don't necessarily have to be rogue, but see if you can get a ring that looks like the rogue rings with the ro- nice thick straps and go with those above and beyond a plastic ring. I went out and bought the plastic rings because they actually look cooler, the plastic rings or the metal rings. You're like, oh, that would be better. But the truth is the feel of them is really hard to use, and I don't recommend getting them. Buy a nice wood ring. If you're a female, you could think about getting a narrower wood ring than the traditional ones. But if you're in a competition, you're probably going to have to share the same rings as the men. So I would just get a normal traditional wood ring width and go with that because you never know what you're going to get. And if you're going to be using, if you get good muscle-ups, it doesn't really matter all that much anyway. Um, so there you have it. The rings, the most important thing after you have the wood ring is where you're going to mount the ring. You want to make sure that it's high enough and you don't want to make sure that the strap is too long. And you want to make sure that what you're attaching the strap to is going to be a something that is static. So it's not going to be like a multi-joint system. Even if you have the strap and it's looped into a carabiner that is then looped into a rack, you're going to get a weird feeling versus if you just had the strap going over a bar that instead of the carabiner, the carabiner looks like it's a better idea. When you're setting it up, it seems like it's a better idea, but when you actually get up on the rings, it is not as easy. It gives you a weird feeling uh, when you're actually doing muscle-ups or swings on the rings. So that's why a little bit of extra advice on there. Jump ropes. I would only buy RPM jump ropes at this point. Their most recent rope is a Session 4.0. I'm not sure what model I have, but I feel like these guys spin and they're lighter than any other rope that I've had. I've tried a whole bunch of different ropes and you can use them. It's not a big deal, but if you want to be able to do really high rep ropes or jump double unders and jump roping, the RPM rope to me is the best of the best. And I honestly don't understand the people that have other ropes and I've seen people do good things with them. But at the same time, man, oh man, I could hop up and do like 100, 200 double unders in a row with RPM rope where if I try and do that with another one, uh, maybe I'm just very susceptible to arm pump, which is where your forearms will get full of blood and you can't move them effectively. But that doesn't happen with my RPM rope, even if I'm totally gassed out. So I recommend going to RPM or Rogue and getting an RPM rope. Um, and I even had one of their heavy ropes recently that broke on me. 
from years ago and I showed them a picture of it, sent it to their customer support and no questions asked, they just sent me another one. So that made me think very highly of them as a company. The downside is that their uh, the actual rope portion or the cable portion tends to break easily if you're using it on hard surfaces and they will wear out from time to time anyway. So I recommend getting a handful of those when you buy your rope just so that you can switch them in and out when they do decide to fray and break. But it's kind of like you know, the cost of playing that particular game and they're not that expensive. So just go for it anyway, because you're going to get a better experience. Climbing ropes. Now, I think a lot of people with home gyms don't necessarily consider having a climbing rope, but I would. Even if you have a shorter, let's say a 10 foot style uh, or 12 foot style ceiling, I would go with a climbing rope and start and do things from the ground. Climbing is just this essential physical movement that we don't think about on a regular basis, but it's so good and it I feel like it's so underutilized for us in our daily, you know, work society, whatever you want to call it. But if you get good at climbing a rope, it passes over into a whole bunch of different parts of fitness, which is going to help your health and all of this great stuff, your posture. So if you can get a climbing rope, I would recommend it. And you just get a regular manila rope. You could get one of these at Rogue or at your local like um, fishing, uh, shipping. So like shipping, like big ships, they use these ropes a lot, the manila ropes. And you could also consider getting a vinyl rope. If you're worried about the rope shedding onto the ground, I would get one of their vinyl ropes. They're a little bit harder to hold on to until you get them really warmed up, but they don't shed onto the ground, so you don't have to clean it up afterwards. Just something to consider. But ropes, highly recommend them. Get one if you have the space for it. Cardio equipment. Now, this has changed quite a bit as well. If I were going to get one piece of cardio equipment, I would get a Rogue Echo Bike hands down. I think that this is the most effective, other than running, form of cardiovascular movement that you can do. When you're riding one of these bikes and you're moving your arms, your whole body gets fatigued in a way that I would even say not even running can manipulate. I think running is just more of a functional movement that is more beneficial for us to know how to do effectively. And it's very hard. So it's like right underneath there. Because you're not necessarily going to have to hop on a bike that has handles as well in a emergency type of situation or something that you have to do in everyday life. But it can build a cardiovascular engine like you would not believe. And these Rogue Echo bikes are actually built, in my opinion, better than the assault bikes. They just feel like they're bulletproof, they're way smoother, and they actually might be a little bit harder, which is kind of sad. You can't really ramp them up the same way that you can with a salt bike. What I mean by that is like an assault bike, you can get on there and you can push really, really hard for about 10 seconds and it will spin over. With a rogue bike, you push really, really hard for 10 seconds and you've only gone as hard as you've pushed for 10 seconds. That's how it feels anyway. So I'd get a rogue bike, a rogue echo bike as my number one car- piece of cardio equipment. If you have a way of getting a really cheap assault bike, I would still get one of those. I think it's still a great piece of equipment. But rogue just came out and trumped them with this echo bike. Not that the rogue bike is or that the uh, salt bike is bad in any way. It's just not quite as quite built as well as the echo bike, and I don't think it's quite as durable. So I would still get one. I wouldn't avoid having one. But if I would had not bought anything at this point and I was going to buy something, I'd buy the rogue echo bike for sure. Another side note is don't buy any other bike other than the rogue echo bike or an assault bike. The Schwinn bikes or whatever these other type of um, whatever you call them, bikes are with the the bike and the arm thing, 
They are crap only by the Assault Bike or the Rogue Echo Bike. Next up, if you have space for it and you can utilize two pieces of cardio equipment, get a Concept2 or Grower. These are just great for warming up your rear chain of movement. They are great for cardiovascular, gaining, gaining cardiovascular endurance. They are great for supplementing your running, whether you can't run because it's too cold outside or because you just need to get cardiovascular uh, training on an erg in front of the TV or whatever it may be to build up your cardiovascular system or do sprints or do burpees over the erg, all that type of stuff. It's just the next piece of equipment that I would highly recommend getting if you already had an echo bike. I would not necessarily get any other type of piece of cardio equipment unless you're building out a bigger gym. Um, but that's just my opinion. The D-ball slash sandbag. All right. I would have, I didn't even include this at all on the last time I did this podcast, but now it would be probably the next thing that I would get after dumbbells. I know I didn't put it on the list here after dumbbells because we're building a home gym. We're probably going to have barbells, all that stuff. But if I was buying stuff one thing at a time, I'd probably go ahead and buy the dumbbells. Then I would buy a sandbag or a D-ball or a couple of those guys. And then I would buy the barbells and then the rack and then so on and so forth until I got down to, you know, getting things like the Concept2 or Grower. Because you get so much odd object training and you can do cleans and you can do deadlifts and you can do carries with these particular apparatuses, sandbag and the D-balls. I do like the D-balls a little bit better than the sandbag just because they, the way that you can hold them seems, seems like they're more durable and more predictable. But for example, like I got myself a 150-pound sandbag and I'm really happy with it. And I get the Rogue Strongman sandbags because they're shaped like nuggets. I'm not talking about the long cylindrical ones. Those I'm sure have their place. I don't like them as much though. I definitely get a round or round-ish uh, sandbag if you could. That's why I go with the sandbag or the D-ball and kind of put them in the same boat there. Totally worth it. The sandbags are actually cool because they're they're cost effective in that you buy just the bag from Rogue and then you go and buy sand, which is like $5 per, maybe per 50 pounds at Home Depot. And you just pour it in, then you're good to go. There you have it. The downside is you probably don't want to have your sandbag in a wet environment because the water could leak into that sandbag area and get the sand wet, and that makes it heavier. But, you know, if you have it in a dry environment, which most people will have in a dry environment in their ultimate home gyms, then I highly recommend you get that. I just cannot tell you how awesome it is to have one of those sandbags. It's unfortunate that so many few people have it, so it's hard for me to program it in the Get Better Project. I only know a handful of people that have them right now, but I still like people to have them and will program them as like accessory or optional work at the end because it is so effective. Man, like if you want to get better at heavy cleans, for example, or snatches, get a heavy sandbag or a D-ball. These things are great because you can't avoid having to do like a D-ball or a shoulder or a clean or over the shoulder with a sandbag. You can't avoid having to like really thrust and accelerate your hips in a ways that you can in other apparatus. You have to use this like really pure jumping hip thrust explosive movement to get yourself into that position. So I really love those. I recommend them. And the cool thing is that they're cost effective if you're building a home gym slowly. Like I said, you can spend like a uh, hundred bucks or less on some dumbbells and then hundred bucks ish. I think the sandbags might be like 80 bucks plus 10 for sand or 15 for sand, depending on how big a bag you get. 
So you're in there for like a couple hundred bucks, you could have dumbbells and a sandbag and you would be like off to the races already. You'd be dreaming about barbells down the road. You'd be dreaming about getting these uh, rogue echo bikes. You'd be dreaming about squat racks. But as far as cost effectiveness for a couple hundred bucks, you could have something that would get you pretty much all you would ever need. Assuming not, you know, you didn't want to build out your space larger or whatnot. So there you have it, guys. Like I said, I put all of this in a complete, totally comprehensive blog post at allaroundjoe.com slash 238. So head over there, take a look. There, It's listed out. I'm going to even continue building this out and putting it together in like packages. So that's another side note. Rogue has equipment packages. I don't really like them because I like to build the things the way that I that I like and I don't like some of the stuff they put in their particular packages like they usually have kettlebells which like I recommended I would always buy dumbbells before kettlebells and they usually put their crappy jump ropes in there and I would always recommend buying the RPM ropes instead of the less effective jump ropes that some of these other brands make so I did put one of the packages or a link to the packages on the website there on my blog post but I don't necessarily recommend that. And I'm going to, like I said, build out this. So I'm going to put together my own all around Joe type of packages. So you could see, you know, how much it would actually cost if you just bought dumbbells or you just bought a D ball, or if you were going to buy like a dumbbell, D ball and a barbell or dumbbell, D ball and a jump rope and get yourself off to the races. So let me know if you have any questions. I would love to hear them. I would love to have your, uh, your comments down the show notes. And, uh, I hope this was beneficial for you. If you need programming, go to the Get Better Project. I'd love to have you as a client member slash athlete slash awesome person that we can help grow together. And uh, you can do that by going to the getbetterproject.com slash get better. And we will see you on the flip side. All right, guys. Peace out. The All Around Joe Podcast. We optimize your human performance for my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all around self We will see you on the next